0: I didn't know him, obviously, when he was younger, Um, but I was just deeply aware of that quality about his life. And his wife, Ruth, has been an unbelievably loving, faithful wife to him. When I would go up to the nursing home, she was always there. She was there every day with him. And I just found it just a, a very special blessing to be with them. So I appreciated them giving me the opportunity to share. And as I thought about it, uh, I talked to somebody that used to work with him. And one of the, he said basically the same thing that I just shared with you about Bob, which I found interesting. And then he said, but one of the thing about Bob that uh, you, you need to mention is that Bob loved to eat. And we would go up to Buffalo to work on projects up there, electrical projects. And there was a restaurant there that Bob wanted to go to. And even if we went to Rochester for something, Bob wanted to go to that restaurant in Buffalo <laughs> to have lunch. So anyway, I, as I thought about what the Lord might want me to share this morning, I I felt that he wanted me to do something that I thought that Bob probably would appreciate me doing. I don't know that, but I just sense that. And Bob has finished the race. He's fought the good fight. He's with the Lord now. But we're all still here, and we have to work our way through life as we know it here. And as I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share. He said, there are basically three things I'd like you to share with the folks this morning. And um, I need to chuck the time. Um, the first thing he wanted me to begin to share is how we are all on a journey. And there are many things about this journey that we don't often understand. There are great mysteries. I've struck recently by the fact that the Apostle Paul talks about many different mysteries that are all very major things, like Christ himself, the fact of Christ in you, the hope of glory. These are great mysteries. We don't fully understand them, but they are true. Faith, godliness, marriage, Paul talks about all these things as mysteries. And as we go through this journey, uh, I believe the Lord has created us and designed us to live in a love relationship with him. That should be our greatest priority, I believe. And everything else, I believe, will flow from that. I... As I was thinking about marriage, my wife and I just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary last week. And as I thought back over the 50 years we've been married, I've realized how many mysteries there still are in our relationship. It's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Anyway, the three things that I wanted to share with you began back several years ago uh, and there are experiences that I've had in my relationship with the Lord that my hope is, as I share them with you, you will find yourself thinking about sort of where you're at in your relationship with him. The first is, back many years ago, after I'd become a believer and was following the Lord, one day I asked the Lord, how can I love you more fully? I just want to love you more fully. How can I do that? And I felt, not I didn't hear an actual voice speak, but these thoughts clearly came to my mind. The first was, die to yourself more fully every day. And I thought, oh boy, I'm not sure I want to hear the next two. <laughs> and he said, the second is, I want you to prepare yourself to face persecution and I want you to prepare yourself for death. And I hesitated for a moment and thought to myself, wait a minute, what what was the question I asked him? What does that have to do with that? And I felt like the Lord said to me, if you're willing to die to yourself, and you're willing to allow me to prepare you to face these things, you will experience a deeper love for me. And I thought, oh, okay. And then he went on and he said, what do you know about the martyr Stephen? And I thought, Well, not a lot. He was a godly man who did some some amazing things. He ended up preaching his sermon, and that led to him being stoned to death. And, And how did Stephen respond when he was being stoned to death? I said, well, a lot like Jesus when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh Uh-huh. And how do you think he was able to do that? And I thought, well, obviously you prepared him. And the Lord said to me, and that's what I want to do with you. I want to prepare you to face these things. He didn't say you're going to be persecuted and you're going to die right away. I want to prepare you And I believe that's something The Lord wants to be doing In all of our lives In all kinds of different ways So that's the first thing The second thing This one's a little longer So you have to bear with me for a minute here Another thing Probably maybe 8 or 10 years After that experience That I felt the Lord began to show me Was something that's a little hard to, for us to, to quite fathom, but he said, you know, I've not really designed you primarily for this earth. I've designed you for eternity. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I I, I believe I'm going to go to heaven someday. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm wanting you to understand is I'm not wanting you to live for the things of this earth. I want you to be living in the light of eternity every day. And I, I, I just found myself pondering that. And then over the next several weeks, he, he shared several things with me. The first was how short life is on this earth. As I searched the scripture, I found at least... 25 and there may be more portions of scripture that talk about how short life is It's like a breath. It's like the grass It's like a dream. It's like a vapor. that's here today and gone tomorrow now. We read those things in scripture but Do we really? Realize how short it life is yeah, there are a few portions of scripture that talk about the uh, the blessing of long life. and But even long life is pretty short, <laughs> even if you live to be 100. So that was one thing he shared with. Him. And then he said, do you remember what all the patriarchs have said? To, all of them have said this. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Peter. They have all said that we are aliens, strangers, And sojourners on this earth now when when we think about that we don't like that because we want to be secure on this earth but that's not what scripture says what scripture says is that we're just we're just passing through we were designed for eternity and then a few weeks later I love the book of Ecclesiastes, as one of my favorite books in scripture. And I was reading in chapter two, uh, which I knew, but I hadn't really realized what Solomon said in the second half of that chapter that struck me in the light of what I'm saying in this second point. He goes through all the material possessions that he has, his land, his vineyards, his gardens, his servants, his concubines, his animals, his silver, his gold. He lists all these things in the first half of that chapter, and then he says, as he says about many things, it's, it's futility. Well, okay, but then when I read the second half of the chapter, verse 17 says, So I hated life and verse 20 says, so I despaired of life. And I was thinking as I read those, I'd never really noticed that before. Here's a man who has everything this world can offer you, and that's the conclusion he came to. That tells me something about what's most important. And then I got down to verse 25, And in verse 25, he says an amazing thing. He says, who can eat and who can find enjoyment without him? So Solomon realized that the only place that there is true life is in him. And then I found myself thinking about other portions of scripture that have always been significant to me like 1 John 2, where he says, do not love the world or the things in the world, for the world is passing away. And then in Colossians 3, he talks about, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. I am preparing you to be with me. And then, of course, Paul's words in Philippians 1, where he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is, is gain that's a pretty incredible statement but I believe that's what the Lord is desiring to do in our lives he wants to be the center of our life and it's interesting what Paul says after that I'm just going to read a couple of verses after that after he says that in verse 21 he says but if I'm to live on in the flesh this will mean fruitful labor for me and I do not know which to choose I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And the sense that I get from that is, if Paul had a choice, he wanted to be with the Lord. That's what that tells me. And I want to read a quote to close my second point from an author who I have come to truly love a guy by the name of Malcolm Muggeridge. And Malcolm was a journalist, a secular journalist, for years. Malcolm didn't become a Christian until he was 65. But this is a statement that I found in his book, Jesus Rediscovered, that just blew me away. He says, I have an absolute conviction without any qualification whatsoever that this life that we live in time and space for 70 years is not the whole story. The only ultimate disaster that can befall us us, is to feel ourselves to be at home here on earth. As long as we are aliens, we cannot forget our true homeland. I do not believe that earthly life can bring any lasting satisfaction. The prospect of love, the prospect of death, holds no terror. Those saints who pronounce themselves in love with death display the best of saints, not a Freudian death wish. (laughs) Malcolm is always fairly humorous, too. Um, It is only the otherworldly who know how to cope with this world. I can trace back in myself, when I look back, a strain that was a feeling I always had as a child. He knew this from the time he was a child and have now of being a stranger in this world of not being a native an overpowering sense that this world is not a place where I belong man does not belong here because his spirit belongs to eternity if I could point to one simple basic feeling out of which the structure of my mind thought and belief grew it would be this that I do not belong here now let's a portion for me that it just resonates deeply about what God is desiring to do in our lives. So that's my second point. The third point I'll close with happened to me about three years ago when I got fairly sick. And I've been pretty healthy most of my life. I hadn't faced things like that. And I called my doctor and I said, I, I I don't know what's going on, but I got a problem. He said, come on in, I'll do some blood work. We'll see what we can find. Did that, next day I get a call from him. He said, got your blood work, go to the hospital. I said, whoa, <laughs> really? Yep. And he explained to me that my kidney number had been about 30, which is fairly low, but he said, it's not terrible. But your kidney number was 12. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, if it gets to 10, you're going to need kidney dialysis. So I thought, oh, boy. Okay, so I went to the hospital, and uh, (laughs) during that time when they prepared me for surgery to try to to deal with it, which they did, my kidney number last time I had blood work was 44, so the Lord did something, and I'm very thankful for that. But during that time, the Lord brought three verses of scripture to me, and I believe these kind of fit with everything else I've shared with you this morning. The first is Psalm 27.4, and it's simply, David simply says, Uh, the one thing I desire, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell. He says, in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. I don't know if he could be in the house of the Lord every day, so I just say in the presence of the Lord every day. That is my longing, to be in the presence of the Lord every day. And when I asked him, but Lord, I'm not sure what it means to behold your beauty. He said, I want you to look at Isaiah 53, three. And that's the verse that says he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as I thought about that, I realized that here the living God who created us was willing to submit himself to being rejected, and brutally murdered because of his love for us. That is overwhelming to me. I, I don't fathom that. That's one of the greatest mysteries of life. And yet it's true. The second verse is Psalm 73:25, Psalm of Asaph. And he says, who have I in heaven but thee? And on earth I desire nothing besides thee. And I found myself realizing, well, that's, at that time, that's not true. There are still other things that I desire beside thee. <laughs> and I just felt like he was saying, but that's where I'm trying to bring you, to a place where all you desire is me. And then the last verse he gave me was 1 Corinthians 2.2, where Paul simply says, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ. And him crucified so those are my three points for you this morning and i feel that bob would appreciate the fact that i can encourage and challenge you in your own walk to think about what you're truly living for and i believe that most of you know the lord and you desire him and that's wonderful but I think he's longing to draw us to himself more fully. And so, I, as we sing our last hymn this morning, um, what's contained in the hymn, And Can It Be?, talks about God's just amazing love for us. And if I can leave you with anything, I want to leave you with that thought of how deeply your creator Loves you, and I'm going to let Paul come and lead the hymn now.
1: We're 273. It's a closing hymn, and it's a great testimony of God's work in our lives. 273 will stand for that in the closing prayer. standing for the prayer and then be seated after the prayer for a brief moment our benediction now the god of peace that brought again from the dead our lord jesus christ that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do the his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated.